we have officially hit the big 1-0, guys. This is episode 10, and we're going to sit down with Mike DeFazio today, who is the owner and designer behind Michael DeFazio Reclaim Artistry. He's a great dude that does a lot for the community and supporting local along the sides of running a badass business, uh, making beautiful art. So let's do it. Please listen carefully. Give a little introduction to the people, what you do. So my name is Michael DeFazio, and I am the builder and designer at Michael DeFazio Reclaim Artistry. We do a lot of furniture and, and home decor and stuff like that, but we focus on design a lot. So we do a lot more of the, the unique stuff, and we focus on salvaging materials for those projects instead of using brand new materials. So it's kind of like an eco-friendly thing, but more importantly, I think it's of a unique piece when we're using those salvage materials just because it's there's, there's, like, there's like a story behind it instead of just being mm-hmm. a wood this or a metal that. It's this wood came from this and that metal came from that. Why wood? What? Where did the love of wood come from for you? Actually, it didn't even start with the love of wood. It started with the love of patina. What's patina? I so don't even pa- know what that is. So, <laughs> so patina is like... Um, like the character in like you know when like if something like rusts a certain way or like is weathered a certain way it's got like this cool character marks it's just like hard to kind of recreate right okay. that's what they call patina so like okay. it's natural patina is like where it's something that just became weathered over time something like that so it, like that was what it was that caught my eye first because when we started working with the old windows it, i didn't care that it was wood it could have been whatever but it was just the way that the paint was chipping on the windows and like the wood was kind of gray and showing through. That's the stuff that kind of got me. That's the stuff that still gets me now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that stuff kind of just developed into, like a lot of that stuff was on wood. So like we just got in like the ball rolling with working with the wood stuff mm-hmm. and kind of keeping as much patina as we can. Now we do a lot, we do a lot of everything now. So it's a total different yeah. ball game, yeah. but yeah, it was more or less patina than than it being wood. Wood. Yeah. So tell me about like the beginning, because I know a little snippet of your story about driving around in your truck going through garbage cans. Mm-hmm. Tell me how like how that unfolded, how you know the beginning of Michael DeFazio Reclaim Artistry began. But the, actually, <laughs> like that, it wasn't even Michael DeFazio Reclaim Artistry back then. It was this company that I thought was so cool that I called Trash House, and it was just me in my Nono's garage, and it was like. I don't know. I was just driving around in my truck, and I, this is before I even went to my nona's garage. Actually, it was my mom's garage. I just kind of went in there, made a window. I took a window and turned it into a mirror frame back then. But like, yeah, it started out just me just driving down an alley one day. I don't even remember why I was down there. Found a bunch of cool windows, picked them up, and brought them home. Those ones sat there for months and months. My mom got mad, and then I just then I made those mirrors out of them because she was getting mad. She said, "Do something with them." So I said, "Okay." So I did something with them, and then as soon as I made that first mirror, it was like I was up and down alleys every day just looking for whatever I could grab. Yeah. And then got too much for the house, and then I had to go to my Nono's house, mm-hmm. Nono's garage, which was a shop that we ended up clearing out because it was packed to the top with just stuff. Yeah. So we got rid of all the stuff, and I had a space. I think it was like a 30 by 10 garage and I had like there was a all my finished pieces in there all the raw materials were in there and a little workbench that we still have so we still have that thing this thing's still kicking but um I don't know it's crazy just thinking about where it is now yeah like full circle yeah did you ever think you'd ever be where you are today yes yeah I I definitely had that but I I think it depends on what time you're asking me because like if you're talking like when you're young when you're starting you're you're making mirrors from the frames see that no Okay. But it was more or less like we like when we were touring a lot with the band, we were coming back from the last tour, and like that's when I was like, okay, I'm gonna start focusing a little bit more on that because mm-hmm. the touring thing was starting to kill me. I was like just broke all the time and dead tired. Starving and, artist. Yeah, it's like it yeah. is what it is. I mean, like yeah. I'd never, <clears throat> I'll never change that for anything because yeah. that was the most, some of the most insane times of my life, and like I, I'm so glad I have those memories. But the last time we were on tour, we came back, and like that's when I was like, I'm gonna start focusing on this. Got offered a couple of big jobs and started pushing through it. And then, like, that's when I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing now. Yeah. And that was, like, that was still, like, five, six, seven years ago. Like, yeah. that was a long time ago that's now. That's crazy. That's so, a wild, eh? Yeah. Lots to look back and, like, see where you kind of started from. Yeah. 
obviously like stuff like this stuff what you do especially doesn't happen overnight that's like the whole thing what advice would you give someone who's like i can't do that i'll never be able to do what you're doing like it's it's something very like that's a weird question because like realistically i made a business out of garbage (laughs) <laughs> like it's like it's I that's it is what it is like I went I would drive, drive up and down alleys and grab stuff and it's like it slowly just started developing and developing so like if anyone's gonna tell me that their dream or whatever they want to do mm-hmm. can't be done or mm-hmm. it's it's it doesn't make any sense stuff like that I'm like man I'm like perfect proof yeah that you can make you can make whatever you want into a business and I think that starts to change a lot once you realize the power of a brand. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. I think people, once you know the brand, like brand, uh, brand power is super important. And it's really powerful. <clears throat> like I think it's Coca Cola, something like that. I think the name alone is worth like 180 billion. Yeah. And that's way more yeah. than all the property the name, they own, right? all their trucks. All, like it's way more than all that stuff. But it's the brand. It's the name. And I think. When you have a brand, you can do whatever you want. Because, like, I'm starting to realize that now. It's like it doesn't even have to be about woodworking anymore or building right. furniture anymore. It's like whatever I decide to do, people follow the brand now. Yeah. And I think that's super cool. And it it, it kind of makes you think that, like, it's not just a little business anymore. It's like it's more – it's becoming, like, a lifestyle. It's becoming, like, an entertainment thing. Yep. Like, yeah, sure, we still get dirty. We still work. Like, we work every day. Yep. Like, I work seven days a week, and I – wouldn't change it mm-hmm. for anything right now but it's it's just it's different well and changing because social media even in the last like <clears throat> two or three years has changed a lot and branding you can brand yourself right it's not even necessarily a business anymore no. it can turn into a business yeah. right so the branding and especially on social media changes over time you have to kind of keep up with it as well yeah because it's one thing to put your business out there and be like i sell these products or i offer these services but if people want to know like who's behind it and what your morals are and what things you believe in and what other things you want to promote it's like this all-encompassing like well i I think it comes back to like people want to support their friends people want to like pay their friends type thing Mm -hmm. like when your clients know you on a personal level i think it's like it's you're just real like it's just real at that point there's no there's no behind the scenes sketchiness and like there's no like i don't know for me anyways like i lay it all on the table right away yeah and like i know exactly who my clients are and like i appreciate them all the most because they've allowed me to do so much in my life Mm -hmm. already so it's different to it's different to go to a corporate business and buy a table from them and leave and go home and put it in your house right. than to go to you and talk with you, sit down, design something and mm-hmm. put a piece of art into their home. Like that's a different experience. Oh, 100%. And like that's what we offer now is the experience. Yeah. We don't offer a, it's not that we don't offer tables. Sure we yeah. do. But it's like there's blood, sweat and tears in that. Yeah, yeah there is imperfections in yeah. that cuz we're not perfect, but those imperfections they're like they're I don't know. It's like a it's part of it too, though. It's part of it. It's yeah. like it's cool. It, yeah. It's like it. I don't know. It's it's more or less like that was handcrafted. And I feel like when things are there is imperfections, the handcraftedness kind of comes out a little bit. Yeah, well, I think that's like and well, especially talking to you as a musician, I often feel like the auto tune um, world like has gives me like a distaste of like the music industry I'd, like, I'd rather go to a show and hear someone's voice crackle yeah. be like that's a real person yeah. and listen to that person that's it's like, like the same thing that's kind of where it comes down to like all these automated businesses like there's you don't even have to talk to someone at the cash mm-hmm. anymore you don't have to talk to someone at the gas pump you don't got to talk to anybody ever again like this is what we're going. This is where the world's turning into and I don't want any part of that yeah I go to the cashier I go inside to pay my gas mm-hmm. I I go to the teller at the bank mm-hmm. like Hello, I'm like, I don't yeah. want to, like, I, I spend enough time alone just doing my own thing in my own little world all right. the time anyways. I kind of want to talk to people, you know, like, and I think that's why a lot of people are having, like, anxiety problems with social mm-hmm. problems and stuff like that is because yeah. they don't have to go, they don't have to be a part of it anymore. You can just order food on your phone and it just shows up on your doorstep. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> just get off your house. Yeah, yeah. It is, but it, that's the way, and that's just the world we're... Well, I shouldn't say it. That's where we're leaning into, but also I think there are a lot of people that have the same mindset that yeah. you do that is like, okay, we've had it's been around for a while now that we're like, okay, I've had enough of this. People are kind of like flipping onto the other side and like wanting to go back to kind of a simplified yeah. 
lifestyle, if you want to call it that. Yeah, there's, I, you can start to see, I, I feel like people are starting to pay attention more to this, themselves, mm-hmm. pay more attention to like the city they belong to. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's just me getting older and being surrounded by people that care about things like that, yeah. or if it's just, if it's always been that way, I don't know. Yeah. But that's what I noticed now being at my age is people like start to care more about what they do, what they eat, what they, mm-hmm. what they care about themselves and stuff. So yeah. I, I start to see that and I like that. Yeah. What level of like self-care is in your is in your realm because you have a lot going on so how do you balance that working seven days a week and still taking care of yourself i mean i'm up at 4 30 in the morning and i'm at the gym by five and i start work at six that's two hours before my guys get there so i have like my whole morning to like sit down and plan and figure everything out and like i mean that's something that i i recently started doing Mm -hmm. and what i'm realizing now is like my eight hour work days i used to have starting at eight is now a 10 to 12 hour work day. Right. But I feel like we're getting more done. I don't know. Maybe we're not. I don't know. I feel like we're getting more done. I feel like it's a little bit more organized though. Okay. And like, I think it's more or less like, I'm not going to pretend like every day is perfect in the shop because mm-hmm. running a business is like the most ridiculous roller coaster yeah. ever. Yeah. And it's like, you got to build the roller coaster just to ride <laughs> As it. As you're going. Yeah. You're like riding up. Like, yeah. Oh, put the next track yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, it's like someone, uh, the other day I was talking to someone that's opening a bar, and they're like, oh, as soon as it's done, it's going to be, like, easier. And I'm like, no, it's not. As soon as you're done building the roller coaster, <laughs> yeah. you got to ride it, man. Yeah. Like, So, I mean, like, it's 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 a progress thing. And, like, every day I feel like, okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Don't do that again. Like, yeah. or how can we fix that so that that works next time, tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I feel like it's it's more like I'm building a team around it now. I'm like, my guys see the hours I put in. Like, yeah. they know. Yeah. They know. Like, they, they come at 8. They go home at 4.30. So my guys stay later, whatever. But it's, like, I am I go home and I'm still working. Yeah. I'm, I work until I go to bed. Yeah. Even if I'm on Instagram or Facebook or something, like, I'm still working. Yep. And if I'm not working, I'm learning. Yeah. On how to work better. <laughs> like, so it's, it's a constant thing. But with, like, this self-awareness thing, I, I read something the other day that was, like, Unsuccessful people view selfishness as a bad thing, and uh, successful people view selfishness as a necessity. Yep. And it's not selfishness as in I'm the most important. It's like I'm gonna take this time for me. Right. Because if I don't take the time for me to be all right and healthy, yeah, I can't help anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I like I that kind of hit me hard, and I was like, that's insane. Yeah, like, that does hit me too because I'm going through kind of this new fi- new self realization myself, and I'm having this like guilty feeling of yeah. spending a lot of time on myself, and that I that's really interesting no, to think about about it in that context. Yeah, I it's like good that. to feel that. Like it's it's like huh. I have a hard time finding a balance between doing the things that I need to do and then taking time because I used to be the complete opposite. I used to be like nothing for myself, everything for everyone else. And now I feel like I flipped completely 180 and now I'm doing everything for myself and I, and I'm realizing that I'm not doing enough for other people. And now I'm like trying to do that, like teeter totter, like in between right now. Like you, like I said though, it's like now, you know, yeah. So now you get to kind of play with it a little bit. Like there's Mm -hmm. not you're after progress, not progress, yeah, like yes, perfection, yeah. right? So yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, as long as you kind of keep ta- like tackling that, like, like if you want to spend more time with them, go do oh, it. Yeah. That's because that's part of you anyways, right? Yeah. Like if, if helping them is going to make you feel better, that's part of you doing your, something for you anyways. Yeah. It's like, I, I, again, that kind of sounds selfish. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to help you for me. Yeah. I'm going to help like, you because it makes me feel good. <laughs> but it's like, it's no, because think, you're still helping other people. Yeah. Like, and I think like, that's a yeah. great thing. If, if you helping people makes you feel good. Help people every day. You also are involved, uh, obviously, a lot in the community, and especially with Ford City. Mm -hmm. What's it been like? Because how long have you been there now? Four years. Four years. What was it like when you first got there? And what's it like now? Like, how has your mindset kind of shifted? Because there's a lot of perceptions of being on Drewlard and being in Ford City. Yeah, so when I moved there, everybody was like, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. I seen a guy yesterday. And he's like, oh, man, he's like, what you doing on Juilliard? It's so good. And I'm like, man, you were the guy that told me I was completely insane for even looking at that spot mm-hmm. when, like, way before I bought it or mm-hmm. anything. And he's like, no, I always loved that spot. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't even try that one, man. I, I remember being like, this guy thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, he's he's right, man. I'm crazy. <laughs> like, But it was, I remember, honestly, I'll tell you a story. So, like, we the day we got the keys, that night, Derek and I, we went, my buddy Derek, we went to... Uh, Went to the building at night, and we went in, and I was like, man, there's not even power in this building. There was what? no power. There wasn't even power no. there? No, no, no. 
This building was ridiculous. I can't even believe I signed a lease to move into this building. Oh, my God. So, so I, I signed a lease to move into a building with no power yet. I mean, I had the guy had like a month or two or whatever it was to right. finish getting some okay. stuff working. Okay. But I'm walking through this building. I've been in maybe twice in the middle of the day where there's like there's natural light. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can see. Yeah. Now it's the middle of the night in a neighborhood I don't know, in a neighborhood that's quote unquote sketchy. Yeah. And I'm like walking through there like, man, this is like, I don't even know what's, what's in this building right now. So the garage, I remember one back there at the very, that night I went back to the back of the building. The garage door was wide open. Hmm. I was like, hmm, okay, okay. guess we need some locks. I was like, <laughs> shut it. And I was like, what the, what's going on here? Like no one was in there. But yeah. like, no, that, that's kind of what I realized in that neighborhood though. No one touches anything. Hmm. Your, your door's open. No one's going to come in it. Yeah. But. Yeah, so I moved in that building, no power, and then like uh, there's the apartments upstairs that I was moving into as well. Right. So I was renting off this old guy who was there for he was like a lifer there, really. Okay. And uh, so he had this crazy way of doing things because because it was run down for so long. But yeah, the apartment that I was supposed to move into had no front door on it, no shower, no power up there either, no heat. Did you you didn't move right in right away? I, he, I, I no gave him way. another month, and then he got a front door on the <laughs> oh building, and then I was like, and I had I think it was a month no shower. And actually, I lived in that building. I got heat last year. It was my first year with heat. So I actually toughed it out because after all that, there was a huge amount of drama after me moving in there. He was supposed to do all this work, never did any of it. I fought the man and yep. kind of came out in a position where I had to buy the building. Okay, the whole building. I did, and I bought it, yeah. and I, I love it. I'm How so long between – so you, um, you went to put your deposit down to – Purchasing the building. It was like, was a time span. It was eleven months Fuck. of okay. the most stressful time of my life because he could have locked me out at any time. Right. But I had a huge case against him, and like I don't think he wanted me gone. Yeah. I think he wanted to work it out, but it was just dude was too old. Should have yeah. retired like twenty years before yeah. I met him, and Couldn't he was see still eye working. To eye type thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So I went through eleven years of just complete. Eleven years, eleven months. Or eleven months. <laughs> sorry, eleven months of just complete living like in a cave it felt yeah. like there was no, no there's no heat and i remember like two years three years i got heat last year so this is my fourth yeah so two years two years i went through no heat and you were running the business at the yeah. time no heat and like that was it was insane like there's this stuff that i've had to deal with just moving into an area taking a huge leap like right. that but i was like no this is my bill the second i moved in there i was like yeah. this is mine yeah and it was like it was this weird sense of just like pride and ownership that like it was like this guy this guy will never take me down now because like yeah. I can't there's no way yeah. there was just no way and I bought it I mean like it was it was even buying it from him was just the most it was like pulling teeth yeah pulling teeth pulling teeth pulling teeth and like f like fast forward like I don't, I don't even I don't know because back then I didn't know it would have been like it is it just right. didn't matter back then right. because back then I knew I was a destination business. People would come to me. Mm -hmm. The spot was cheap. It was big enough. It was actually, I think it's 10 times what I used to have in my normal garage. Yeah. And I was moving into this enormous space and I filled it in months. Yeah. Mo three months, the whole building was full. Of yeah. Just stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you think, I feel like if you don't go kind of through that like shitty, like if you hadn't been like having to like pull teeth and go through like the mud to like get it, you wouldn't, like, I don't know. They're just like that sense of like, I busted my ass to get in yeah. there type feeling. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it, it was it was good. Like it's it's it feels good now, yeah. and it's like it makes for a great story. To be yeah. honest, it's like of great, <laughs> it's a great story of now. Yeah. Back then though, like man, that was some that was some stressful stuff. I and I almost lost the deal from the bank with getting financing, being self-employed, being my first property I ever bought. Right. Um, I had no full-time job. I only had like two, three, two years on the books with the business. Okay. And I I, lo I almost lost the whole deal at the bank from well I had like half an hour left till I got the deal, and I was in the bank and I almost started screaming because I was so pumped I got like I finally got it I was like all of the bullshit is done done and now it's just me yeah and as soon as I bought the building it was like the plywood on the side of the building that was over top of the windows yeah. that was gone windows were in right. the bricks that were falling off the building got replaced yeah like I went through it's like there's the there's a time. When with all these buildings, I find there's an amount of work and time and just bullshit that you have to get over 
and I call it the Drulard hump. It's like, it's this Drulard hump because everything was neglected for so long. Yeah. There was so much city garbage. There's people living in the commercial units. There's this, it's a huge mountain of stuff that you have to overcome before you can even make the building look good. Right. Like I'm talking, like I had to put bricks on the building. Like I didn't yeah. want to do that. Like yeah. I, there was so much stuff that needed to be done yeah. before I could even make it look good. Like the stuff right. that I wanted to spend the money on, yeah. that was like, Secondary. Yeah, that was, <laughs> at that point, that was like fifty thousand yeah. dollars away. So, right. it, so it, I don't know. All the crazy amount of garbage I had to deal with. Everybody has to deal with. Yeah. And everyone keeps moving in. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna start right away." I'm like, "No, you're not." <laughs> Man, I'm like, I know exactly what's in that building, and yeah. like, no, you're not. Yeah. You won't be mo- like moving forward on that building for like another eight months. Yeah. How do you get past that kind of like that bullshit phase? Because I think a lot of people are are scared of that phase, and you know what? Rightfully so. Damn right. But how? How would you, how have you managed like that stress level and combating like kind of the hardship of doing that type of stuff? Because it's that stuff plus the business. Yeah, that's true. You, it's, that's it, a, you know, you got two things going at once and yeah. probably six other things. Oh like yeah. That, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think you just, I think when it comes to that neighborhood specifically, you have to be, you have to want to be there. Cause like, sure, you can go, you can go buy a building that's a lot more finished in yeah. another neighborhood that might even make you more money right off the hop. Mm-hmm. But you're not creating something. Yeah. What we're doing on Julard now is we're creating something that wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, it was there in the '50s, sure, mm-hmm. '40s, mm-hmm. '50s, but like now it's not there. It's yeah. it's been like that's the last time it was busy down there. Was yeah. you know what I mean? In a good sense, because '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s was just bad news bears. Like, there's so much work that had to be done. But yeah. for me, it was so much more than just having a shop. It was like, I can build, whatever I decide to do here now, yeah. determines what happens here, which mm-hmm. was way more powerful in my eyes than just going to have a shop somewhere in a cool neighborhood. So like I moved into the into this ghost town, there was nobody there. Yeah. There's businesses that have been there for 10, 20, 30 years, sure, they've been there. They've seen all the craziness, mm-hmm. they've they've dealt with it and they've they're they're still there, they're still kicking. But like, it was like, when I moved in, it was like this whole new era. Yeah, started. you got that youth fire. You got that like we, grit of wanting to do yeah. like, okay. It was it was wild because like, there was no one said no. The city was pumped. Mm-hmm. The city was pumped. I'm like I'm at the permit office getting a permit, and like I was I was nervous, but I feel like everybody there was like this is great. He's starting something on July. He's gonna be doing it properly and. Like the ghost, like no one cared. Like we used to party on the street. Mm-hmm. We used to like have benches up front of my shop. We used to have like 30, 40 kids skating, skating on the street and on the sidewalk, yeah. drinking beer and mm-hmm. having music blasting till four in the morning on the yeah. street. And no one said a word. Yeah. It, w- it was just something so different. It was yeah. like, I, ca- I called it my, um, it was like my <laughs> type of sludge. It was like, that's like, that's where I belong. Cause yeah. it was like, yeah. it was so punk rock and it was, mm. no one said nothing. It was busy during the day and quiet at night. And it was yep. like, we're the only people there. Yeah. We decided what happened there. Like I said, that's so powerful to me now being able to say like, one, I know how to do this mm-hmm. Two, I actually pushed it into a neighbor. It pushed it into a spot where like the building values have tripled for worse than shape, worse shape than mine was yeah. in. So I'm seeing that now. It's like I did it. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say that it's done because it's like super far yeah. from being done. But yeah. look at Detroit. You can yeah. drive down Detroit. You can drive in Detroit and you can see multi-million dollar renovation, multi-million dollar renovation, mm-hmm. a, a vacant land from a building that was torn down. And then there's a building that's completely da- dilapidated. Right. Broken windows, bricks are falling off. Mm-hmm. And then right next down, right next door to it, it's another multi-million yeah. dollar renovation. And it's like... That is what I'm talking about. Like, you're going to tell me that Detroit's not done? They haven't done it? Yeah. They've done it. There might still be junk everywhere, but, like, that's it's so sweet. Yeah. And it, like, I think it what it's going to do is it provides opportunities for people like me later on mm-hmm. to still be able to go over there and make change in a building that's falling right. apart. Yeah. Because now they know that all they got to do is invest in the dump mm-hmm. and then build it up. And, like, it's the money's 100% going to come in there because it's already proven. Yeah. You've got it. You've set a foundation kind of for the area. Yes and no. Like, I, I still think we're in a really hazy part because, like, it's depending on how the winter tackles the rest of what's kind of happened over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But there's still new people moving in. There's yeah. there's a lot of investment happening now, but they're working on getting over that Julard hump. And I'm like, that's a serious thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds ridiculous, but that's a real thing. Yeah. Because and some of the buildings have it worse than others. Right. Yeah. yeah. Every case is a little yeah. different. And, I mean, the city is pretty good with working with us, but – they still got to make sure they cover their ass. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, everything's a business at the end of the day, one yeah. way or the other. 
you've also kind of taken a lead on doing Drop Down Droulard and kind of shaped and changed that. Uh, I haven't been because I haven't been either year. I can't believe you me. haven't been. I know, that's, that's insane. It was me. on my brother's you, wedding yeah, day this year. Yeah, so I had I, poorly know, planned. We'll do. We'll plan it around yeah, your next plan time. Around <laughs> my events for next year. Um, but so was so was this year the first? No, last Second, year was the yeah. first year that you kind of got your hands on it. Tell me about like that. How that changed? How that happened? So. Every year, they the BIA, the Fort City BIA, have, has a festival, right? And I've seen it. We, we did it for two years. We did the Arts and Heritage Festival, which was a festival that's happened for years before me, okay. before I moved there. I mean, it was cool. It was for the neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. you got, like, a bunch of people out. And, like, even the markets and stuff. Like, they used to have, like, Fort City markets. And I'm looking at this stuff like, man, no one's coming here for this. Yeah. You got, like, Sensi set it up. And, like, no, no offense people that sell Sensi. I think it's awesome. But, like, why, like, this is what the neighborhood has to offer here. Yeah, this is like, man, this more. is sad as hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, like, this doesn't, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And like, it's very obvious that it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. I like, but like you got, I got to give them credit for doing it. They did it. They seen what worked in other neighborhoods. They like started to work on it and stuff. And I think that's great. But I think what needed, to, like what happened was they were like arts and heritage fest, arts mm-hmm. and heritage fest. And then they were like, we kind of want to do something different. Did they come to you or did you go to well, them? Well, I'm on the BIA. So, oh, like, I'm okay, all so on, what is the B- BIA? Yeah, the Business Improvement Association. Okay. So, there's BIAs. I think there's, like, nine in the city. Okay. There's Walkerville, Erie Street, uh, Ford City. There's downtown. Every kind of little. Yeah. Okay. There's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. So, they all have a committee of, like, business owners in the neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, so I've, all, I've been on there ever since I bought the building. I was on the BIA because, like, it was... What it was is they were, they, they asked me and like, we sure, like me and my friends, like we already do it. We were already doing it, yeah. <laughs> but it was way less legal and like, <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, yep. so they asked me, they're like, Mike, what do you want to see on the street? Like what, if you could change, if you could have your own fest, what would you do? And I was like, well, everything I like, like I'm thinking I want punk rock bands. I want skateboarding. I want lowered cars i want beer tents i want graffiti i'm like this is all this stuff like this is stuff i actually yeah, love yeah, this is stuff yeah. i grew up doing i still do it i love it mm-hmm. and they they like i was looking at these people and like their jaws dropped yeah and they were like let's do it oh, and i was like they were literally that was like their first reaction they were no like hesitation. what the hell like, they, they had no idea and i was and like it wasn't planned, but we joked about it. My friends and I, like, how cool yeah. would it be to have a fest like this? Because there's nothing like that. Yeah. Now, Drop Down Jewelers being, um, being like, we're applying for grant um, awards for, like, Canada-wide events and stuff like that. And, like, there's people that are saying there's a great chance we're going to be getting some of those bigger awards because of how organic the fest is. Right. Very different. And it, the, it's so raw. Mm-hmm. Like, it's loud. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's it's something so different, honestly. I don't I think the closest thing I've ever been to that is, like, Pooza Fest in Montreal. I'm like, that's cool. I'm all about that. Um, because that's a, that, it's just raw. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. The kids are, like, the kids love it. Like, back then, the Arts and Heritage Fest, it was for the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Dropped on Jewelers for the rest of the city to see our neighborhood. Gotcha. So we brought the rest of the city there. And yeah. I remember... The first, like last year when we did it for the first time, like we're used to, I don't know, a couple hundred people, a few hours of the day. Yep. And then I think it was like one, it was like 10 till four. That okay. was the fest. Our, that was Arts and Heritage Fest. You closed down the street for this. Yep. Little thing, whatever. And then dropped on Twitter. We're like, we're doing 11 till 11. We're doing the whole day. And there was thousands of people from 11 till 11. Ele- so that was in the first year? First year. Yeah. Second, I think this year we doubled it. Did you expect that to happen? Yes and no, because the way I did, the way I designed and like, I don't, I'm not asking, I did not take, I'm not taking credit for this entire festival because all I really did was put people in positions to take care of specific spots okay. yep. in that festival. So like Derek took care of the music, Corey took care of the car show, um, Skate Windsor took care of the skateboard and Carlene did a lot of the other stuff on the, for the first year. And like, it's kind of, we kind of built up like this system yep. that had a group of 10 people or so each doing one task instead of everyone doing everything and the people that I I feel like I put in place for each part were like in charge, not in charge, but like they were almost like the popular kids in each of the scenes. Right. And so they had the network. They had the network. So it was like when you put those people in the right Right. spots, Mm -hmm. it was like, it was bound to be successful. Right. And then this year we had Veronica helping us. She did a lot. She brought on a lot of people from Detroit. A lot of out of towners came out. Who's Veronica? She, uh, she's, she helped us with the whole festival. She's, 
She's not from the neighborhood or oh, anything. Oh, she's not from here. Yeah, okay. we, like, we hired her in to like help okay. out with the festival. Okay. And um, it was it was great. And uh, again, like the fest was just wild. And I mean, like we were talking on the night of it and even like even after the fest this year. Cause it be, and like, this is kind of a problem that we're having now is there's new, new people moving in. Okay. And the more people that move in, especially people with money that move in, right. they're not going to, they don't see the same right. as me. Like yeah. I grew up like from nothing. It's like, I always lived like this raw as hell gritty lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. Like I embrace it. I love it. It's my mm-hmm. favorite thing. So when you get these other people that are, don't, they don't see it. They're like, man, right. maybe can we like turn the music down for like some of the festival next year? And, you know, can we maybe not do that here and this? And I'm like, yeah. what? I'm like, man, if you if you shut down Drop Down Jewelard, I'll do Dropped. And then Dropped will be on the whole city. And yeah. Dropped will be in London. Dropped will be in Toronto. I'll do you know don't Just take it do anywhere. It. Yeah, don't do that to me, man. Yeah. Drop Down Jewelers is where it started. Yeah. And if you guys want to like sit here, if I mean like there's a lot of people that still love it. Like there was even yeah. there was talks about a, about a petition going around because it was too rowdy. Really? And like that's that's just, I want to put that in a in a like a frame <laughs> on my frame, wall. Like that's awesome. Wall. You want this, the the neighbor who wants to shut it down now? Like that's that's like an award to me. Yeah, I so think, that's motivation. Yeah, well, I think if it's, anything. it's like I don't know. I like this. It's like the beauty in the shit. Like yeah. I I like that. So it's yeah. kind of like I feel like I accomplished something. Everything about every little piece that we put into that festival is about being that guy. Being yeah. it's the grit. It's yeah. it's not what it's not what everybody wants. It's what a specific group of people want. And the specific group of people are the passionate people that I've always that I grew up around. Mm-hmm. The people that love skateboarding. It's the kids that'll eat it like seven times trying to do the same trick and then he finally lands it, his like day is complete. And like yeah. that's the kid that I want there. Yeah. The yeah. kid that like practiced for ten years playing these songs and like they go to this festival and like everyone at the fest loves it. And like yeah. The people that make the beer, like, like you know, like it was craft beer. It was not like we're we have some greasy old bar sitting in the corner. Like, right. we got it's all like it's just passion and like that. I always found that the scene, that the scenes that I grew up in, it was just it was like driven by passion. Right. Like the, the graffiti artist is gonna spend thousand dollars on paint to go paint something on yeah. someone's wall that's not that's gonna get erased in a month anyways, right. and it's like yeah. that's pure passion. That's yeah. not in a business sense. That's ridiculous. <laughs> in a passion sense, it's everything. How do you combine the two? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know because like I because I, I I mean to be honest I think that's one of the things that I struggle with the most because I have such great ideas and then I gotta make sure it makes business sense because I got guys that feed like I got guys to feed now right right and like they're relying on me to like make sure I can run the business and they can do the work and I can make sure that I keep growing the business and stuff right. so it's I mean there's like that constant battle of how far do I go to make money and how far, you know, how much do I give away of myself to, I don't know. I'm in this like constant battle trying to figure that, that side of well, I can tell you right now out. <laughs> that that constant battle is never going to go nowhere. Okay. You just got, the only thing that I can say to you for that yeah. is get better at dealing with it. Yeah. Cause if you're a passion driven person, you need money. Like it's, yeah. everyone wants to say, Oh, money isn't everything. There's more to life than money. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's also more to life than st- struggling to pay bills and not being right. able to eat, man. Yeah. So you got to like, there's a, there's a little bit of balance. Like everything you should be doing should, you should have like that money is coming from here to here. Mm-hmm. Like you need that because without that, like you're just going to burn yourself. You're going to put yourself in a hole. You're going to get pinched. You're going to lose the car you just bought. You're going to yeah. lose the building you just bought, like whatever. Like, you know, I'm not going to say that like I haven't, dealt with that stuff i've right. been so close in certain points of the biz like the seven years i've been doing this that yeah. like it's terrifying yeah and but you know what the hardest lessons i've ever learned was in that time so like yeah. it's you can either if it's all in your outlook i think because mm-hmm. like you can you can still create and be passionate but you have to understand that you're running a business all the time mm-hmm. and whether you're doing branding you're just building a brand or you're building whatever it is like that Mm -hmm. still has to you still have to know where and when you're expecting to have that return because without it you're just you're just working for nothing Mm -hmm. i don't want to say nothing yeah but you're gonna work 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 and then realize you have no food (laughs) and then then you're like well now i'm I'm hungry as hell like what do i do now And, Mm -hmm. and then you're you're stuck and you got to work, work, work again. And then, oh, there's my payday. It's like, you got to figure that out. It's a cash flow thing. Have you had, um, actually, I do know this because we've talked before and you talk about kind of setting goals. Mm-hmm. Do you, you do yearly goals? 
I mean, do, are you and you just you told me this offline that you're you're not a pen to paper person. So is uh, it like yeah. a mindset of like I want to do this by next year and I want to do this by next month, or is it just kind of like you kind of know these things and you're kind of just bullheading forward? So for a long time. For a long time, I felt like I was running as fast as I could with my eyes closed with a sword in my hand, just like, <laughs> just like messing everything up, right? And that's when that's when I got caught in a pinch, okay. And where things got real scary. So, like in the last few years, whatever, I've learned a whole lot in a sense where you have to plan, mm. and if you don't plan, you're the guy that's running with his eyes closed, full tilt, and eventually you might fall off the cliff. You know yeah. what I mean, like. <laughs> If because if you don't know, right. you're gonna get pinched. And like I'm, I'm grateful enough that I have. What what I dealt with a few years ago was like, would have put plenty of people out of business. Yeah. We can you be open about what happened? I just pinched myself. Yeah. Wait, I spent way too much. Okay. I spent way too much. Spent way too much. Way too much. Didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't pay attention to my numbers. Okay. Now I love looking at my numbers <laughs> because I get to look at it and be like, well, okay, if I don't do these, this, and this, mm-hmm. I'm screwed. Yeah. So let's get that, that, and that done. Right. So I can continue with growing. It, it's like this constant thing. You're going to constantly Does have to. Does that stress do. you out? Hell yeah. <laughs> it's scary. That is scary. Especially that like when, makes me nervous for you. It, like, especially that's when what, you, yeah. But like I said, though, it, it's, it, has something, it has everything to do with how you deal with it because it's not going to go away. Right. Like, and it's, I mean, like, you're only going to get better at it. Mm. So just, const- like, constantly try and grow and, like, learn and, like, learn from your mistakes. Like, you're yeah. going to learn way more from your mistakes than you ever will from any success. Mm-hmm. Success is great. Right. But success is also, like, the product of a failure. So, like, you got to keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Um, I, like, and I think, like, if at that point, like, I feel like you have to, especially if you're an art person, you have to 100% be dedicated. Mm-hmm. People talk about having plan B's and like, oh, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to go here. Like, yeah. what? If you have a plan B, man, you're not giving plan A enough attention. <laughs> That's a real thing. Because like, if you if you had enough time to stop what you're doing right now and go into plan B and start writing out what you're going to do if plan A doesn't work, you just wasted energy, time, yeah. and thought on a, something that like you could have just put into plan A and would have right. made plan A work in the first place. Right. There's no plan B. There mm-hmm. should never be a plan B. Just more plan A. Just more plan A. More plan A. So, <laughs> I mean, in, in the sense of that question when you're talking about goal setting, every, everyone that I read about, everyone that I learn from, they're always like, write it down. Mm-hmm. Like, have a goal. Like, figure out what you want. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Be super crystal. The more crystal clear you are, the more yeah. exactly you know what you need to work towards. Yeah. I've never done that. Me neither. And I think about it all the time, but like, man, if I got, I'm going to need like a wall, like bigger than this one, just to write down my stuff so I can look yeah. at it every day. So I yeah. never do it, but I don't know why I never do. I actually feel like the day that I do it, you everyone's going to know because it's good. <laughs> you're like, I actually did it. And it is so true. Yeah. That's exactly what I feel like. It's, it's one of those things. Everyone tells me to do something and I yeah. never do it, never mm-hmm. do it, never. The second I do it, I'm like, wow, I should have did that forever ago. And they're like, yeah, Mike, we told you so. Yeah. Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if, if, I don't know. Yes, I plan. Every year, every year I plan, like, with my budgets. You have mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. And then, I mean, it gives you something to work for at the end of the month. And it makes you, it, it'll show you, it'll say, okay, I'm like, 10,000, I'm like $5,000, $2,000 away from my goal. What are we going to do to get it for right. the month, right. for the week, whatever it is? Like, yeah. how do we get it? Mm-hmm. And it, it, what it what it does is it allows you to sit down and think and be like, what can I do using leverage of a brand, using social media, using right. your 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 leads that you have, all your your sales, what, your team, whatever it may be. Like, what can you do with all your resources? It's like your chess pieces. Yeah. Like, what can you do once you understand what the goal is for the week? Yep. What okay. you have to have done. And you got to move strategically to get there. And like that's why we, we do sales every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, our numbers are a bit down. We do a sale and now I got now I got so much work. I don't right. know, I got to hire a guy. You yeah, know what I mean? So then, but then that causes growth. Right. If you're uncomfortable, if you're not, if you're comfortable right now, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you're like being our age, you know what I mean? Like you can't, there's no time to be comfortable. Yeah. So I think like if you're comfortable, I need, you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to get doing something but that doesn't mean jump off a building right like that means plan mm-hmm. get the parachute on and then jump off the building <laughs> and figure out how to work it on the way down yeah. like it's it's i don't know planning is super important because you'll burn yourself i'm not telling i'm not saying it like you might burn yourself like it's 100 percent gonna happen it's just a timeline thing right 
you might you might get lucky, quote unquote lucky, yeah. which doesn't exist. But if you, you might get lucky and yeah. get you know three four years, you can make a whole bunch of success, and then the next thing you know, you open it, you wake up one morning and you know you didn't plan yeah. for that year, that month, that whatever. And next thing you know, you got to sell your your fancy this, your fancy that. Right. You got to sell all the stuff you just bought because you're yeah. so successful. Mm-hmm. You know, like and you see, you see it. You can read about it. It happens. Well, it's just, and I think how you bounce back from that is kind of also how your business can either grow or fail. Yeah. Because every, like you said, everyone's going to hit that point where the failure is imminent, mm-hmm. but you can either let it ruin you or, you know, stand on top of it and you, you know, learn, light the next torch. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> you know that's I mean? it. Light the next fire. It's, it's win or learn. There's no win or lose. It's win or learn. Like, and like, I think that's, I think once you understand that it's like everything is an opportunity. Yeah. So like, it, like it's, there's no, there's no, I mean, you gotta be careful still because mm-hmm. it, it depends on how hard you want to learn. You yeah. still have to be able to manage risk with it though. Like you can't just say, I'm going to learn, like going into something that you know is going to fail. Right. And just say, oh, I'm going to learn is, is stupid. Yeah. But if you do your homework, mm-hmm. learn about it. Like mm-hmm. don't, don't start investing in businesses you don't know. Don't, right. people yeah. do it all the time. And like, I, I pay a lot of attention to real estate now. Like I'm, cause I got my building and everything, but like yeah. you see people all the time. I'm just gonna, it looks like a, it looks like a great deal. Okay, hey, what, what, like, what, what doesn't even make any money right now? What do you mean it's a good deal? It's like, oh, I'm gonna fix it up. I'm like, that's not a good deal, man. Yeah, you need to do your homework unless first. you unless you're doing something specific with it, like. Yeah. Have your know. plans. <laughs> yeah, I plan. Yeah, like, have your plans. but if you just buy a house because oh, it was super cheap, it's like, what are you gonna do with it? I don't know yet. Don't know. You're you're on the wrong path, man. <laughs> you gotta you don't buy stuff because like don't just buy stuff unintentionally. Like buy yeah. stuff strategically, and mm-hmm. you'll be all right. I think. Yeah. What's your relationship been like with failure? Has it always been this attitude of, I feel like, I feel like there has to be a transition process. Did oh. failure used to eat you a lot? Like, how does that change? Does it still eat you alive? Oh, it still does. It all, it, like, it always hurts. Yeah. It always burns. Like, it yeah. sucks. There's always that little bit. But I think without that feeling of, like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. Or without that feeling of, like, the feeling of failure, it wouldn't be so much a lesson. Mm. Like, you only learn, like... It's like uh, like playing with fire. You're like, once you get burned, you don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. So, but if you didn't get burned, you'd probably do it again. Right. So, like, I think the the pain of failure is what makes you learn. Right. Because like failure without the pain is just it's just another it's nothing. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. And it makes a success so much. Oh more, yeah. More valuable at oh, the yeah. end of it. Yeah, that's it. Tell me a little bit about you growing up. You said you came from nothing and, you know, you've you're, you've bo- been born from, like, this grittiness. How has that shaped who you are today? I feel like the proper qu- answer to that question is the fact that, like, it never mattered what anyone said about me. Because, like, I've... Like I've been worse you know I've yeah. been worse I've I've dealt with it I've had to do things I didn't want to do I have mm-hmm. had to like I've always I don't know because I seen it as as a plus instead of a negative mm-hmm. it gave me this overall sense of confidence that was like it just made me feel like I could take on the world no matter what right. it, it wasn't it doesn't have anything to do with like the the hardships that we had to deal with my family and like mm-hmm. the stuff that we still got to deal with, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with that. I think it has everything to do with the confidence that it gave me. And it was like, I mean, I grew up going to a camp that like the dudes would paint their nails, but the dude was cool. The coolest dude I've ever met. He was just yeah. a wild guy. He was kind of like a hippie dude, but like he was kind of a cool dude. Yeah. And like, I thought that guy was awesome. Yeah. Cause he was like tattooed, you know, he just did his thing. And did it was a camp he counselor. He it was like, <laughs> didn't matter. And I think what it was, it was like, it just showed me like that, that camp that I went to was like, it was a cancer camp. And like my sister had cancer. Like we got to go to this camp called Camp Trillium that I eventually want to start donating to one day. But mm-hmm. it, it was this place where like, actually the whole point of that camp is to make kids feel like kids again. So like even the counselors are like just big kids. And like, it was yeah. the sickest thing. I've been back there to volunteer. Okay. Still the, the best experience ever, even just going there to volunteer. But where's it at? Um, there's a few of them. There's okay. uh, the one that we used to, we went to a lot is in Simcoe. Okay. Simcoe so a few hours away, but mm-hmm. it was it, like, I, I kind of think it like shaped me and like, and like growing up seeing people like that dude. Yeah. That was just, you know, the super cool. I just thought I was the coolest guy ever. There was a bunch of them there. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I just think it showed me that, like, when you got back home and, like, it wasn't cool to do that anymore. It just didn't matter anymore. Right. Because, like, those kids, they can do their own thing. You want to yeah. be all bummed out and trying to act cool, man? You can go do it. Yeah. I know this dude doesn't care at all, and he's having way more fun than you trying to act right. cool. <laughs> like, yeah. so that, that taught me that type of thing. And, like, 
and I always was just raised around it. Everything just kind of, I feel like it kind of was easier knowing that. I remember going through some stuff and my friends were like, man, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, like what? They're like, whatever just happened. And I was like, yeah, but it, I don't know. Like, I didn't even think about it. Like we we're riding our bikes and like, these guys are like, man, like if you need anything, like let me know. And I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like it was just not even nonchalant. Like yeah, I never, it never affected me. Like, I don't know. It just never seemed to affect me. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know if that's like this because I'm like, crazy in the head or like what it is like if it's like something that i'm just missing out in life who knows but well i feel like you're a mix of um and this is just my perception you can totally tell me if i'm wrong but you're the guy that goes out in a wig on halloween and hands out candy and is a total goofball and is like life doesn't have to be so serious oh yeah damn right it doesn't have to be everyone's got this weird perception like and that that thing that you're explaining right there i call it care freedom Care freedom. Okay. Care freedom, right? So, like, it's, it's something that I've always said since I was in, like, high school. It was this thing that, like, th- this care freedom. And, like, you can have it right now if you wanted it. Mm-hmm. You just got to understand that, like, you're in control of everything. And, like, I, the second you understand you're in control of everything that happens to you, no one can say anything. You, they don't like the way you dress. They don't like the way you talk, the things you do on your mm-hmm. free time. It's, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's, like, it's all good. I'm carefree now. It's, like, and that, it's, like, it, the care freedom is just, like, I don't know. It's like bliss. It's like you just do whatever you want. Yep. You wake up. Like, man, it's like me waking up at 4 3 in the morning. Love it. Yep. Everyone says, I'm like, you're crazy. I'm like, why? I get like, I'm up at 4 30. I feel like I'm ex- I'm going to bed Friday night. I'm bummed out because I got to wait two days for Monday morning so I can go to work. So I can go to the gym at 4 30. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's, but it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a mindset too, right? Like, oh, yeah. And does that mindset sit with you 24 7? It has to. I think every I think it should sit in everyone with everyone. Like I think I think everything that you want in life is just a mindset thing. It's a head game. Like mm-hmm. success is a mindset. Mm-hmm. So like wealth is a mindset. It's, it's only in the brain. Like you could you could right now you can make you can make a thousand dollars a month, and if, as long as you you're like comfortable living within that means, you could retire. Yeah, but then you're gonna be the guy that's like, oh, but my mom said that I'm a bum. Then now, now you start caring what your mom says and, right. and your friends look at you like you're a slob and you're like, now you start caring with your friends and then you're, you lost that sense of care freedom and like you, you're starting to care too much again. But mm-hmm. if you're happy doing that, like do it, man. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that do it. There's blogs on it. You can read about it. There's mm-hmm. podcasts on it. There's people retiring at like 28, yep. 30 years old. And I'm like, man, power to these people. But like I, for me personally, it's, I'm not working towards that. Right. I'm working towards way more in a sense of like I'm trying to create something so big that I can impact so many people with. Right. And but show that- – Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I want to I show people like you can do whatever you want yeah. because I've created what I'm doing out of – driving around in an 83s10 that was falling apart in an alley with spray paint on the side because we tagged it yeah. and i'm like driving through alleys trying to picking up old windows and stuff and like this is what come from it yeah and it makes you happy it's and it amazing makes your it's so life fun work. because the thing is like you talk about people that retire at 27 and that's what they want to do and that makes them happy that's the thing is like everyone's journey is very different yeah. so i always like think about people listening to motivational stuff and inspirational stuff is like, they feel like they have to go and do this big crazy thing. And if you want to do that, fucking go do it. Amazing. But I also, I always am like empathetic towards the people that are like, it makes them feel like if they don't do something big and grand, their life um, is less worthwhile. And so I'm like, I always want to encourage people to do the things that fit your life because not everyone can, can nor will do the big grand thing we have to have and i look at it different ways um as a artsy artsier person there's no way in hell i know how to do math or science and i would hope to god that the doctor that i'm going to see is focused on his work and not my art right so you have to have both sides of of you know whatever you want to call it I both think, sides of the page yeah i think like everything that you're just describing right there is it just goes back to that selfishness thing. You know what I mean? If, if that person's happy doing that, yeah. then they shouldn't feel the guilt right. of wanting to do something big. Right. If they're feeling the guilt of wanting to do something big, the only way they can fix that is to start. Yeah. And like that doesn't mean tomorrow morning you're going to wake up with this, with this huge idea and you're going to change the world and you're going to do all these things. No, but yeah. you might actually put a brick down on a wall. Mm-hmm. You might put a brick down. Put, yeah. one, put one brick down. One brick put down. Put a brick down. Next brick. What, it, what would be like one thing... For someone who wants to start a business or is wants to be an entrepreneur, what is one thing that they could do today 
like what tool would you give someone to say, you know, start doing this or try to do this? I, from me personally, everything, like I ran a business, no, sorry. I built for like three years before I even considered what I was doing in business. Yeah. Because it was just like, I think my first year on the books, I think I, I built like $7,000 mm-hmm. in an entire year. And like, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But, it, but like, you know what I mean? Like up until then, it was like, oh, a couple hundred bucks here and there. And like mm-hmm. realistically, that was tour money. Like I wanted, I got, I got to go on tour. I got to go sell some stuff. So right. I would drive around my truck and try to sell the stuff I just made. So would you go on tour to make money and then build? Or were you doing other work on the side? Well, I always worked a part-time job. Okay. But building was for touring <laughs> like <laughs> building building allowed me to have money to, to go, go on a tour, to go on tour. because you don't okay. make money on tour we just go there and spend it all and then you and then you come back and you're and you're like, like well <laughs> i better get back to work because there's no money left mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um tell me a little bit about the band and tour life because that's a huge part of who you are mm. and how does that are you still doing that type of stuff do you guys still play how does that like how has that kind of changed over time Oh, it's changed a whole bunch. Like that, the band, when we were like 19 years, when I was 19, Derek was a little older, but when I was 19, we started, the, well, I didn't start the band. I joined the Rally Estate. And since then, we've toured a whole bunch. We've written two albums. We've got another album in the mix. Like we're still doing it. And like I kind of have this thing in the back of my head. Like that's one thing I don't think I ever want to get rid of is music because yeah, it might be work going to practice. Yeah, it might be work practicing. Yeah, it might be work trying to have having to put money into something like, Oh, for more shirts, whatever, like, whatever. Like the work part of it's work. Mm-hmm. Now it kind of seems like it's like that part's a little bit less fun. But the second we're on stage playing and there's kids moshing and singing the words that I wrote in my mom's basement. That's going to be the craziest it's feeling. It's like, it's, that makes everything that we do worth mm-hmm. it. You know, like take, it's more, it's, it's a time thing now. Like Derek's got a kid, like I'm running the business. Right. Zeus works two jobs. Like we're, like we, we, we're busy. Mm-hmm. So like have, having to take the time out sometimes seems like a pain in the ass, but as soon as we're playing, it's like, it's all worth it. Like I, I don't want everyone to take, put down music. Cause like everything that I started this business for was so I could have the freedom to do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. I want, I built this business around having fun yeah, and being able to have fun whenever I wanted. And music was back. I mean, back then you're sure like we changed sure a hundred percent. And like, yeah. it's a lot less of a priority than, than it used to be. Cause mm-hmm. back then it was like the band was my entire life. Yeah. That's like what I was doing. I was going to be in a band. We were going to play, we were going to play with no effects and bouncing souls. Like this is what we were, that's what my, my whole yeah. life consisted yep. of. Yep. And like now it's like, ah, oh, we play on the weekends, man. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just fun. It's a lot less serious. Some mm-hmm. of my friends come out, we have a couple pops and then yeah. like, it's, I don't know, it's a good time. Yeah. But it's totally different. But it's more of like, again, that's just a passion thing. Yep. The band did teach me how to hustle, though. So the band, you're on tour, man. You got no money. But you got a bin full of T-shirts and a bin full of CDs and stickers and pins and stuff. And you got to sell those. Because if you don't sell those, the $50 you made last night for playing to f- three people, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, those, that's not going to get you to the next town. So, I mean, we learn to just be like, we just ask. Yeah. Do you want to buy a CD? Or did you get a lot of bands that just sit there? And like, I kind of, to be honest, we kind of sit there now. We're like, yeah. we're, we're like the lazy guys that yeah. like, because we'd see it different. Back then, we were like, this is what we're doing with our lives, man. Yeah. We got to sell yeah. CDs so we can, yeah. we can buy our fancy cars and like, whatever. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but like, that's where, that's where our mind was at. Yeah. But being on the road, like, it showed me, like, if you don't do this, or like, I think what it showed me was if you do do this, mm-hmm. you can get ahead. You can get to yeah. the next town. You can get to the next spot. And I remember the one tour we did, we actually came back with like 400 bucks and I was like, man, we did it. We made it, man. <laughs> like, like it was great. And like, uh, it was, it was something else because like we blew tires on the road. Like right. it was, we had to pay for like yeah. stuff to get fixed on the van on the road. And we still made it home with like 400 bucks. I yeah. mean, no, it's peanuts. That's peanuts. Mm-hmm. That's like, that was like an eighth of our last album recording. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter, but it's the fact that we were able to do it. Yeah. So, like, what it showed me was, like, yeah, put in the work, get the product to sell, and sell it. Mm-hmm. And ask for people to buy it. Don't just sit there in front of your paintings or don't just sit right. there in front of your CDs and your mm-hmm. shirts and expect people to buy it. Yeah. Engage with them. And, like, this is what the problem is with all these um, um, self-checkout things. Like, you don't have to There's engage. No people don't even know how to engage anymore. Right. So to be the guy that's like, hey, man, like, how's it going? Like, how'd you like the show? Yeah. We got some shirts. We got some CDs for sale. Um, yeah. I want to give you a sticker. 
give them a sticker, introduce yourself, and then now you got that connection. And you know, my last ten bucks, I might actually buy a CD. Yeah, it's like perfect, man. You just got me to to Quebec. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I, I needed that last ten dollars, but it's it's exactly what it was. And I think because, like I said, I used to drive around. Yeah, I used to drive around finding materials in the alley. Mm-hmm. I also used to drive around to restaurants and bars and trying to sell my stuff and i would okay i mean i'd bust my ass for 70 dollars yeah. but like i made but it was it's more than that yeah it has nothing to do with the money that i'm that was made back then yeah well it's experience too and it, it can i can see that parallel of like going to sell and push all your merch and that's exactly what you do at the business now yeah it, it just it looks a little different looks a lot <laughs> different but i mean like i'm not like this sweaty band guy with tattoos like i mean still well, i'm still so, like well. still tattooed i guess like they're here for a little bit but yeah. Um, like I'm not the sweaty band guy, like, you know, all crazy man with my skateboard and like, I'm not that kid anymore, but I think a lot of that, like you said, a lot of that translates to what we do now. And like, you can see what the fun stuff that we do, the way we do our marketing, like the brand that we have is fun. Yeah. To be honest with you, it doesn't matter if anyone sees it as fun or not. Mm-hmm. I get to look back on that Instagram page and I'd laugh yeah. at the dumb shit that we do. And we're like, <laughs> we we post this. We actually posted this. Yeah. And I'm like, all right oh, then. I guess we you know, I guess no one really was offended or anything. Like I guess we're all right. We're, yeah. we're on to the next ahead. one. Yeah, on to the next yeah. ridiculous comment we're gonna make on Instagram or whatever it is. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. We get to be ourselves and like like I have a great team. Like my boys over there love them the bits. Yeah. How was building up a team going from like being a sole entrepreneur kind of running the business by yourself and then getting was it because you got busy that you had to hire on or was where where did you start transitioning to start started having a team it was almost out of like necessity and growing like that Mm -hmm. with nothing is terrifying yeah i never had capital i've never had like a business loan i've never had like ton of money in the bank that i can be like i'm gonna invest in my business Mm -hmm. i've never had that right i'm literally like constantly scavenging up peanuts and stuff just so i can like make sure that i if i bring this guy in do i have the sales or or if i bring this guy in is he going to be able to generate the leads and the sales that is going to be able to pay for his wage full time and like that's a big deal that's a weight that's it's a that's big a lot deal. to carry yeah it's so like it's it's something that it's 100 ne- like a necessity mm-hmm. because you'll never get anywhere by yourself if you try to take on the world by yourself you're gonna get run over by a bus man yeah and you either you see that yeah because i see it all the time where there's builders now that have been building for 10 15 20 years mm-hmm. that only they still build by themselves and i'm like you're never gonna get where i'm going yeah. Because you have this mindset that you're the best. Mm-hmm. You're the you're the guy that's going to be able to do it all on yourself. You want all the fame, the glory, this and that. And I'm like, no, I want a team of like 100 people yeah. that we can conquer stuff with. Yeah. And that's what I'm after. And like you – because like I said, the second the second you, you have to deal with a bad client, it might wreck your day. It might wreck your week. Right. It might wreck your month. And next thing you know, you have no clients left. Right. With me, I got I still get hit by I still get run over by a bus. I get I'm like I'm just better at getting back up after the bus right. hits me. And you got a team, to and help I got a you team up. to bounce me back. Like yeah. I got a team that like just like motivates me. Like I love them the bits. Like yeah. so, it's a different thing. Like it's a different. I'm like on a different ride now. The mm-hmm. roller coaster is different. I went from like a rickety old wood one to like a metal one, <laughs> and the metal ones got way <laughs> way bigger, way bigger ups and downs and like loops and. But it's stronger. But it's stronger, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. and it, like I feel that. And like, I, if, honestly, without my team, like there'll be not a chance I'll be where I'm at right now. Yeah. And you learn a total different way of running a business when you have guys. So I learned the other day, I think, like don't quote me on any of this stuff, but I was told that Instagram has like 10 employees. What? It was like a multi-billion dollar company with 10 employees. Someone Google that. I want to find that That's, good. I want, that's what I mean. Like I want to know exactly <laughs> what that is. But like, but the concept of that blew my mind. Hmm. It just means that you don't have to have a thousand employees to run a big business. You can have the right people in the right spots, right? Doing the right work mm-hmm. that can be ten times effective as as an as like a group of employees mm-hmm. that are just killing your cash flow. Yeah. But if one guy does it, like that's how I feel right now. Like I got like my guys that are in the shop. Each guy has a task and they kill it on their right. task. Right. And I and I that's what I mean. Like I love. I have a seriously strong team and like yeah. like I would do anything I, I can for those guys. So because I appreciate them the most. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself now, looking back, when you were like, say, 16? Oh, man. I wish I paid attention to the way things were done sooner. And I, and I mean, like, I, I say that with no regret. Like, I, I, everything that I've done in the past, like, I'm, I'm super happy I did it. I'm super glad I have the experiences and memories I'll have forever. You know what I mean? But I wish I paid attention 
to things, how things worked earlier. I wish I paid attention and understood the fact that if I start working right now, by the time I'm 25, I'll be 10 times where I'm at right now. Right. But that also would have, that wouldn't have allowed me to do the touring thing. That wouldn't allow me to go like do the things that I've done in the past. You know, yeah. I think just paying attention, like yeah. learn, yeah, like learn with intent to like grow at a younger age. Yeah. And I think it's just becoming like an invincible person because at a certain point, no one can touch you in a sense where you, if you know your heads on heads on right, right. you're like you you to yourself is in, invincible. You can, you can get knocked down, and to them you might fail, and to your parents you might look like an idiot, and you and you failed. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, but to you, you just learned a lesson and you're ready to go again. So yeah. like it like and I say invincible in a sense like your head your head's right. Yeah. You can get your head right, you'll fix your money. But I, like so, I think I tell my friends too is like your money money won't fix your head, but your head will fix your money. Explain that. If someone gave you a whole bunch of money right now, yeah. you wouldn't fix yourself. You wouldn't You wouldn't build wealth. You'd be rich. Will, building wealth and rich are two different things. Yeah. So if someone gave you, say, $2 million right now, you'd probably go buy a bunch of things you don't need. Mm-hmm. But if you fixed your head before you got that money, you'd invest that money. And that money would pay you every month mm-hmm. forever. So that $2 million in 10 years just translate, translate into $200 million. Right. But that's what wealth is. Mm-hmm. So wealth is a mindset. Yeah. Being rich is a material thing. Interesting. So money money won't fix your head, but your head will fix your money. Like so if that. you get your head right, you'll fix your money. And like I'm I'm saying that I'm saying that like and like I'm not in that position yet. Yeah. But I'm learning how to get there. Cause like I said, like I'm like I still I'm still running a business. Like I still learn every day. Like I'm not I'm not talking here right now acting like I can run a perfect business because damn well I know yeah. that I don't yeah. and I can't. Right yet, right now, mm-hmm. I'm working on that. Yeah. So like it's um like I'm shooting for progress, not perfection. And I think that like every day when you when you put that brick down and you're happy that you put that brick down mm-hmm. and you're like confident that's a good spot for that brick right there, like you're on the right path. Yeah. So as long like just keep learning. Yeah. That's the thing that I think you gotta do. You gotta talk to people. You gotta learn. I have a mentor that like you, I call him all the time, mm-hmm. and he's got me out of my own shit more than once, like as often. And I call him almost every week, and and he's like what are you talking about? Stop. He's like, stop, turn around, go back the other way. What are you doing? Yeah. And like, he, so he, I, like, I'm, I mean, that's, that's just how my brain works. I'm like a million miles a minute all the time. I got ideas yeah. and I'm like, let's do this. And then he's like, no, you're not. You're going <laughs> to focus here because if you focus here now, it's going to allow you to do this later easier Yeah. yeah. and not get choked. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing you got to realize when you're going to get choked or pinched because if you focus on one thing, you build that one thing into an actual solid income stream, it'll give you the ability and the power to do whatever you want to do next easier. Right. Because people get pinched. Yeah. And I think a lot, even like what you're saying about having a mentor, I think a lot of people get stuck in like just the fear of asking for help is like a huge roadblock for a lot of people. And it's like allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to ask someone who actually knows what the fuck they're doing to help you. And that will benefit you tenfold well, later down the road. Thing. Like all these, all these successful, like these um, internet speakers and stuff, always talking. It's like your ego, your yeah. ego, your ego will kill you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause it, it won't allow you to go ask for help. And like, I think, like, like I said when I was driving around, like, yeah, I got no's all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's the ask. You got to learn to ask. Yeah. If, if I didn't go there to ask. Even if he might have said, yeah. Right. And yeah. maybe next time he might, he might call me back in two days and say, hey, I want that thing or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. But like, you got to learn to ask. Yeah. And you got to understand that like, there is people better than you. Because one of the, like, one of the guys I follow, Grant Cardone said that. He's like, if you're not growing, you're dead. He's mm-hmm. like that. You're, if you're going straight, beep, you're yeah. dead. Yeah. Done. So like when you got to be going up or you're done, like it's, <laughs> it's up or nothing. <laughs> up or nothing. Yeah. Up, up or, or nothing. So yeah. like it's, it's constant growth. And like, I think if, if you focus on constantly growing, there's no, there's no chance yeah. Because, like, you're just – because your head's right. Your head's right. Get your head right. Get your head right. Get your head right. Everybody needs to go get their head right. Get your head right. That's what Mike <laughs> DeFazio says. Yeah. All right. Last question. Yeah. How is success defined for you? That's the craziest question. I don't know. I think I have, like, this picture of me, like, waking up to, like, a huge window in the morning. And, like, that's – because I don't like blinds. Mm-hmm. I never have blinds on any of my windows. But, like, I would have this, like – I mean, that's like a material thing with a house, but like, I don't even want a house, really. I don't really care. Yeah. I'd rather buy buildings that would help me live mm-hmm. the way I want to live without having to pay for a house. Anyway, that's, that's, I don't know. That's a hard question to ask. 
That's a hard question to answer. I mean, you might have to take that one home. This is what I mean. So, like, right now, if I had all that thing written out on my my wall right now, I'd be able (laughs) to. I'd answer that question in like three seconds. But now I'm sitting here like, huh? Hmm. Hmm. hmm." Like, I don't know. What I don't know. What does that look like? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's different for everyone. Oh, hundred percent. That's the. And that's the beautiful. That's the most beautiful thing about it. Yeah. It is different for everyone. So, like, when people say there's not enough to go around, there's plenty. Mm -hmm. Like, there's plenty. Yeah. I mean, success for me is, I think it's, I think success for me would be like having my guys, my team, my family, my friends, like having them in a position where they feel like they're, like they're successful. You know what I mean? If I can produce that for them, Mm -hmm. I think like my, my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like my job is done. Yeah. It's like, I've done something for them. Yeah in a sense, but like for me to get to that level, I have to focus on doing everything for me. I would say that's an extremely selfless um, definition of success, but in order to accomplish that selflessness, there's a lot of selfishness yeah. that has to go on. Do they? They go hand in hand. And like, yeah. I think that's what people don't understand. Like people, I just think people have like this bad juju about selfishness. Mm-hmm. Selfishness is like important as hell. Mm-hmm. You need it. Cause if you can't wake up, you're not, you're not healthy. You're not gonna be able to help anyone. Yeah. So get your head right, get your body right. Like you gotta like, I don't know. Everyone just needs to go get selfish and take care of yeah, themselves. Yeah, go go to with the good gym, intentions. Man. Go sweat. Go go eat some broccoli. Do whatever you gotta do. Like, <laughs> like take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Like and like I think a big thing like you can be the healthiest person physically and you can be a total wreck mentally, yep. spiritually, all that stuff. And yep. I think and being wealthy is all of those things. Mm-hmm. Your health, your spiritual, your spirituality, your 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 everything yep. like it has nothing to do with material goods it's mm-hmm. like i said like being wealthy is a mindset yep. so if you feel like you're you're like on top of the world all the time and you like and you can do good things for people like that's i mean that's maybe that's my my idea of success right there yeah the ability to do whatever i want and have people enjoy it with me yeah so there we go maybe that's the answer i, I like know. it i dig it <laughs> then i want to go home it. and write that on my wall <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that's going yeah, up yeah. on your wall yeah perfect all right well Tell everybody where they can find you online. Just kind of give everyone the directions. So you can check us out on our website, which is www.michaeldefazio.ca. That's their website. You can check us out on Instagram, which is michaeldefazio.reclaimartistry. Um, Facebook, we're on Facebook too. We focus a lot more on our Instagram. But So, I mean, if you want to see most of the stuff that we can do, you can check us out on Instagram or the website. Website's more like an online portfolio for now, but... In the future, we will be looking at a full online store that will be generated through our YouTube channel. So that's also something that we're working on right now. Awesome. So, I mean, if you want to check us out, if you want to stop by the store, you can come by uh, 1023 Drulard. We're open on the weekends as a retail space from 10 till 2, Saturday, Sunday. And during the week, if you want to come talk to me, just send me an email and we will set up an appointment and you can come by. Dope. I got I to gotta stay working during the week. So <laughs> I try not to Keep have too com- many distractions. Yeah, yeah, of course. Awesome. Everybody, that's Mike DeFazio. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with me and Mike DeFazio today. Mike has no shortage of grit and realness and uh, honesty. And that's something I truly admire about his work and about his work ethic. So um, please go check him out and we'll see you next time. Please listen carefully.